0: You're listening to Portage on CFRC 101.9.
1: Cajun, I saw the constellations
0: reveal themselves one star at a time. You're listening to CFRC 101.9 and welcome to the third episode of Portage, a journey through Canada. I'm your host Ian McCarter and as you've, as you've likely guessed from the Tragically Hip song at the intro, the province we are going to be discussing today is... Ontario. We are lucky today to be speaking with Ben Walters. Ben, welcome. Thank you. I feel like I'm the lucky one here again. <laughs> he is the co-founder of Feedback. We're going to be talking about what uh, Feedback is in a, in a second. Um, but uh, we're, we're currently on location um, in his office here in Toronto. Um, so Feedback is a, a mobile platform uh, that, that uses smart pricing uh, to offer exclusive prices and reduce food waste at your favorite restaurants. Now, Ben, I might have stolen that from your website, um, but uh, but yeah. So, Ben, why don't you give us a, a quick intro about who who you are? I guess as a uh, your your sort of journey to to starting feedback and maybe what feedback is.
2: Sure. Well, you, you did a
0: pretty good job there, Ian. Um, so I went to McGill
2: and graduated BCom. Thought I wanted to do investment banking my whole life, but read the big short on a beach in Mexico one day and decided (laughs) that I had to give it all up and find another path. And um, what I wanted to do was give myself exposure to as many different industries as possible and functions because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, And I landed in a really amazing program called the Global Management Program for Anheuser-Busch InBev or Labatt here in Canada. The the beer company. The beer company, yeah. I was a Budweiser guy (laughs) uh, for about a year and a half and really, really enjoyed that. We got to travel around to different cities in North America and see everything from the brewing process to the marketing process um, and sales and everything in between. Um, But what I did realize in that year and a half was that I enjoyed the project-based nature of that work and less so the sitting in the office doing the same task over and over. And so I went out and sort of pursued a career in management consulting and transitioned soon thereafter to a boutique firm based here in Toronto, or Oakville actually, uh, called Carpedia. And with Carpedia, I did a bunch of... Uh, management consulting projects operational consulting somewhere in between uh worked primarily in the u.s doing so and loved the problem-solving nature of it Mm. but wasn't crazy about the politics and the hierarchy and also trying to project change onto other people i I love the idea of sitting in a room and coming up with like solutions to problems but as soon as you had to then take those solutions and give them to someone else and try to implement them, you realized how hard it was to get people to change if that change wasn't coming from some internal motivation. Right, right. And so um, I took a step back and said, okay, well, I do love problem solving. What's the natural thing where you get rid of all the hierarchy, politics and other people and can just problem solve in your own four walls? And that was entrepreneurship. And so... Uh, I got a call from my cousin, Josh, actually, that changed my life, or at least the trajectory of my life up until now. Uh, And he called me from a a pizzeria in Italy, or actually it happened the next day that he called me and said, hey, I walked into a pizzeria late last night, looking to grab a slice of pizza, and I walked out with three full pizzas that the man was going to throw out because he was closing up shop. And his idea then was to use technology to connect customers like himself with that pizzeria owner. That figurative pizzeria owner who's left with excess inventory at the end of the night and no means to
0: get rid of it, um, and from there that was the the seed or the catalyst of Feedback. Wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And and so how long have you been at Feedback now? So it started the journey started there. Uh, yeah, so
2: that was the summer of 2016. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to get my ducks in a row and really get the confidence to, to quit my job. It's a, it's a pretty scary thing to right, do. Right. And I'm sure there's probably listeners who are going through that right now. Um, and eventually, in April 2017, I gave notice and left my job at Carpedia and jumped into feedback full-time. And four months later, we turned around and launched a product, our first mobile app, which was a little bit different than that original intention that Josh had to just build a very simple platform that would allow restaurateurs to update inventory at the end of the night, sell it at a discount to customers in and around their area. Um, but it was still with that mission to reduce food waste and to really penetrate the restaurant industry and disrupt the industry.
0: Right, and and I think, and I I can only imagine at the end of a day that a, a restaurant owner probably just throws out a ton of 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 waste that they're not that they they can't sell it the next day. Because yeah. It's, so so really, that that was sort of the. At the inception of feedback, that was at its, at its core. Exactly. So we looked at the
2: facts and that's what really got me excited about solving this problem was $31 billion of food is wasted alone in Canada each year. I'm
0: not surprised yeah,
2: by that. 40% of all food produced is wasted. 40%. 40% of every single piece of food that is produced <laughs> right. is thrown into the trash. Yeah. And yet we know that one in six people in the world don't have enough food to eat. Right. And so when I looked at those numbers... Th- there was clearly a break or right. a crack in our food system, Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was really excited about uh, trying to solve.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. So so right now, the app uh, available in Toronto um, and and only in Toronto right right now. We'll we'll maybe talk a little bit later uh, about some plans for for expansion, sure. but. But right, right now, talk, talk us through a little bit how the, how the app works. Yeah,
2: sure. So like I said, we, we've migrated a little bit away from that original idea of just providing a platform at the end of the day. And the reason for that is that what we realized very quickly was that while food is being wasted at the end of the night, the reason it's being wasted, the real root cause of it is the fact that restaurants have unpredictable demand curves. If we wanted to solve this problem of food waste, we couldn't do it with a band-aid solution that just... offloaded all excess inventory at the end of the night what we needed to do was find a way to drive consistent and predictable demand to restaurants allowing them to both staff better but also order and prepare more effectively and not be left with inventory at the end of the night and so what we realized was that the one lever we really had to play with was price And so what we've started to do now is actually use price to see how we can control demand at the restaurant level. And so the product to restaurants is we actually sit down with them, go through a consultation, understand what their demand curve looks like and build them a custom pricing proposal that we then push through exclusively our app. The product to customers is a mobile marketplace where they can scroll through right now any of our 250 restaurant partners. Um, including some really awesome ones, including Freshie and Comfort and Kim and and Wild Wings and, and everything in between, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jimmy's Coffee. Anyways, um, so you can scroll through any of those 250 restaurant partners. You can make a purchase at off-peak hours of the day. Yeah. You're going to save anywhere from 20 to 70% off guaranteed. We're always lower than our competitors. Right. Um, and you show up to the restaurant and grab your delicious untouched food. Um, and then we <laughs>
0: donate a percentage of every single meal to local charities and food banks. That's, that's amazing. So th- there's definitely that uh, corporate social responsibility. If, to throw in that term, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, I wouldn't say CSR. It's more SSSR. The startup
2: social responsibility, yeah. um, and the difference to us between CSR and what we're doing is this is a core value to us. It, right. it is it it penetrates everything that we do this idea of the win-win-win. We yeah. believe that a win should not come at someone else's expense and that a really good solution is one in which everyone benefits. Right. And so to us, corporate social responsibility is more so the idea of, oh, let's, let's make all this money and then figure out a way to give away a percentage of it to some great cause. Um, and less so is really integrating that Win-win-win, or that triple bottom line approach to mm-hmm. everything that you do.
0: So, so would you say then it's it, your feedback is more of a social enterprise? Yes, absolutely. At, at its core. Yes, yeah. I would definitely describe this as a social enterprise. All yes. right. And so, how many users uh, would would you guys have in the say a run of a day or yeah or, or active users on the app? Yeah. Right? So
2: I can break it out. So we have five to six hundred people scroll through the app every day. Yeah. Um, on a monthly basis, we have about three thousand people placing a purchase on a monthly basis. That's which awesome. is amazing. Um, and we do have about twenty five thousand people who have this app on their phone. Wow! Uh, some of which we just got to give that little little
0: nudge to to get out there and actually <laughs> yeah. make the first
2: purchase. That's right. That's Like right. you did last night. Oh, yeah. did. I did. I had my
0: first feedback experience last night, and it was great. <laughs> I felt good about about purchasing. There, there you, you about go. Time, Yeah. <laughs> so so the you, you talked a little bit about what you like about entrepreneurship in, in that problem solving, uh, re- really sinking your teeth into yeah. a problem. What don't you like about entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's it's
2: a hard one. There's obviously a lot of pressure and stress comes with paying someone else's salary that you know they're using to pay their rent. Um, but really, I'd say the hardest thing right now, considering the stage, is not being able to take my girlfriend out for dinner. Um, it, it's, it's, it's actually, my, my good friends right now are on a bachelor trip down in Nashville. Yeah. Um, my yeah, good friend of mine is getting married, and I had to unfortunately pass because the, the bank account is tight. Yeah. Um, and so, honestly, I'm enjoying this journey ride so much, I wouldn't do it any other way, but... It, but yes, it's definitely hard to, to manage the financial situation right,
0: right now. Maybe a bit of the financial and the social aspect as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Enough. Enough. So, so how many people are working at Feedback?
2: Now? So we swelled up in the summer to 12 actually. Great. Um, that's incredible. After yeah. a year year and a bit and yeah, 12 20. employees. Yeah, yeah, so that's been pretty amazing. Um, but we're, the full-time team is nine. Nine. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, so we're going to take a quick break here with with Ben. We're going to listen to uh, one of my favorite songs by the Arkells uh, band from Hamilton. Um, we're going to listen to Book Club here on CFRC.
1: Oh, that sounds good. I turned your expression I said that Haven't you learned Your last lesson I try to understand I just don't get it we go all along All from memory I'm like we in the song You said it's Providing three But then you give me one Another you just finish. You're my library Always open for business But you never show me You're just sitting with right them
0: here on portage with uh the co-founder of feedback ben walters so ben um we we talked a little bit before the break there about dynamic pricing uh i'm wondering if we can dig a little bit deeper into that and and tell the listeners a little bit more about what that means and sure. and and how you're you're going to be uh, leveraging that with your app
2: yeah so what we always like to how we like to um demonstrate this analogy of dynamic pricing is with the flight industry. So if anyone's ever taken a flight over March break or winter break, have you flown over winter break? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Getting
0: Uh, getting home to Newfoundland over Christmas, brutal. Right. And so how
2: much would it cost for a flight?
0: Uh, Close to a thousand dollars. Right. Instead of the normal like 400. Right. So there's a
2: two and a half times more that you're paying for a flight to get home at Christmas. And why is that? Because everyone else wants to get home for Christmas as well. Right. And so what dynamic pricing really does is it says that instead of one price for a flight at Newfoundland every day of the year, all times, that really the way to the way to optimize the industry is actually to change that price based on the demand for that flight. Right. And so when you think about that applied to the restaurant industry, when you walk into a restaurant at lunch, there's a lineup. The mm. restaurant is lined up out the door and everyone is buying sandwiches for, let's call it $10. If you walk into that same store at three o'clock, staff are twiddling their thumbs or scrolling through Instagram, sandwich, same price, $10. Right. And we really want to challenge that notion that that is the right way that it makes sense and especially when you look at the industry like we were talking about before with the food waste they're experiencing we the the flight and hotel industries have found that they've been able to get rid of empty seats and empty rooms by using this dynamic pricing they can all of a sudden lower the price if they need to fill that room or fill that seat right and so for in the restaurant industry where waste is not just an empty seat but is actually having a negative environmental impact it seems like the perfect industry to apply this principle to and so we don't want to use the analogy of you having to pay two and and a half times for (laughs) a flight to Newfoundland. But what we do want to do is say that the normal menu price is that price at Christmas and that during all the other quieter Mm. hours of the day, during the quieter seasons, we always like to talk about an ice cream cone. Why is an ice cream cone in Canada the same price in the winter and the summer? When they have different inherent values. Right. And so that's what we're trying to do is challenge that a menu with one price at all times of the day during every single season of the year um, is really not the right way to Mm price in the restaurant industry
0: at at what point ben did did you realize that you had to sort of pivot the way that that you were you were talking to restaurants about about this idea like what was there was there a moment that you were like we need to change the way that we're we're thinking about this yeah it's a
2: great question so right when we started in the summer and we were just pounding the pavement speaking to lots of restaurateurs we often got the response oh it's not worth it for me Yeah. And instead of at the beginning, all we did is push back. But wait, if you look at it this way and you're making no money, this is $5 directly to your bottom line. And we were saying, Hey, do you understand the impacts of food waste? Like this is a really huge problem and we can save the world. And they kept saying, it's just not enough for me. Right. And instead of pushing back on your customers and trying to have that sort of stubbornness to, to push ahead, what we realized is that we needed to listen to them. Mm. They were our partners in this project. Right. And if they weren't happy with the value that we were providing them, then we weren't thinking about the problem right or the right. solution right. Yeah. And so we took a step back and said, okay, we still want to address food waste, but instead of just looking at it again as a Mm band-aid, how can we actually look at the root cause? And that, again, going back to the consulting days, (laughs) um, it's looking at the real root cause of the problem and realizing that it stemmed from unpredictable demand. And then we said, okay, well... How can we make demand predictable? And and we looked at other industries and and
0: came up with dynamic pricing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's that's a great story. And and so you you talked a little bit before about um, some of the restaurants that you have here. I think you said like two hundred and fifty yeah. restaurants restaurants signed up. Um, how, how have you found specifically being here in Toronto? The and maybe I should pronounce it differently for the people of <laughs> Toronto. Are, Toronto. <laughs> um, but how how would you find how how do you find being here in in Toronto that that it's it's allowed you to to reach that scale? Is yeah. It, could you have done this in any other city in Canada? To this scale, absolutely not. Um,
2: and there's a couple reasons. Firstly, on the actual restaurant side, while the restaurant industry is generally quite behind mm-hmm. in terms of how they think about technology and, and using new, um, yeah, new technologies that surface, the Toronto market specifically has been inundated with technologies that have actually really helped a lot of businesses. Right. Um, and again, that's debatable. But when you look at the Uber Eats. First city they launched in the entire world was in Toronto. Yeah. uh, You look at ritual also a Toronto based startup that started in Toronto and recently raised a huge round of financing. Um, So there are a lot of tech companies that have started in the restaurant industry in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And that's because of the multicultural nature of it, because of the span of the city, because of the number, the density and how many people live in a a close proximity. Um, And I think that the restaurateurs here deserve a lot of credit for being open-minded enough to, um, yeah, to sitting down with us and and hearing what we have to offer. Right, right. From from more of a a startup culture way, and and we can actually talk about this and, and your thoughts on this is... Is I'm still um, disappointed. Is the wrong word. It's too strong. It's the word my mother would use. Um, (laughs) But we're too whatever it is. uh, We're too conservative as Canadians, and that actually does a lot to um, to squash innovation. Okay. And so what I do find is, while Toronto is an amazing community of art entrepreneurs and startups, and there's so many events you can't even go to them, and I go to a lot of them. Right. We still haven't really transitioned to that mindset of. The U.S., where you were seeing innovation come and go in very, very quick waves and cycles, right, right. Um, and so that really starts in my mind with capital. There's there's yeah. a lot less venture capital. There's a lot less angel funding, um, and people are a lot um, more conservative with their capital. But it comes down to politics and everything in between. Right, um, we're just a little bit more of a. Uh, conservative, take it slow, sort of culture, and there's right. lots of pros to that. Right, uh, lots of pros, um, but cons are it does at times squash innovation and the right. innovation coming out of Toronto.
0: So, so maybe Ben, we can transition now into sort of the the future of feedback, and and so you talked a little bit about um, some of the 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 challenges that you've gone through and how you've gotten gotten over those, and some of the pivots that, that you've made throughout the last year and a half. I'm wondering your your sort of thoughts for feedback from say expansion from uh, maybe more services or or what's really your vision for for feedback?
2: Yeah, it's a good question and it's one that we talk about and think about all the time. Right. Um, I think like we just talked like spoke about in that example is we had to listen to our customers. To figure out what sort of feedback 2.0 looked like. And I think that we're still going to go through iterations of feedback 3.0 and 4.0 and that's primarily going to come from really listening to the restaurants that we're working with. Mm -hmm. We want to solve a problem that these restaurateurs are facing. If we think we can solve that problem ourselves, we're naive and wrong. And so I do think that there's going to be iterations that I can't even imagine right now because it's (laughs) going to really come from the ground and the people living and breathing these problems. Um, but what we really want to do is we want to look at the entire food industry differently. And we want to say that the way that we're pricing things firstly, doesn't make sense from a profitability standpoint, right. the average tour in Canada makes 4.9% profit. That's a fact from restaurants, Canada. And then we're wasting $31 billion of food. And then one in six people don't have enough food to eat. That is a problem that will keep me busy for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah, and the rest right. of the next 10 generations Right. Lives. And right. so what we want to do is we want to make as big of a dent as possible in that equation, just not adding up. And so right now, the way that we see ourselves doing that, again, is... Thinking about pricing differently, I really, I don't know if I've convinced myself through drinking the Kool-Aid or, or what, but I really believe in 10 years, Ian, we were going to sit at this table and have a follow-up to this awesome podcast or radio <laughs> show, and we were going to say, wow, can you believe that we were pricing a sandwich at the same price all day all seasons of the year no matter how long or short the lineup was right i really think that that is going to become a wow can you imagine just like mm-hmm. so many other things have like sure. the way we order an uber today yeah um and so yeah we really want to be the leaders and drivers in in changing and disrupting um the food industry in
0: the way that they price food that's amazing man uh, we're going to go into our last uh, song for today and then we'll be uh, back to finish up with ben awesome man thanks a lot
1: And he wishes he was famous Spends his time alone in the basement With a linen and cobain and a guitar and a stereo Well, he wishes he could escape this But it all seems so contagious Not to be yourself and faceless In a song that has no soul Of surgery and, noodles and the noodles, every calorie's a war. And what she wishes she was a dancer, and that she never heard of cancer, she wishes God would give her some answers and make her feel beautiful. I remember feeling.
0: That was Our Lady Peace, Innocent, here on CFRC, uh, the band from Toronto, uh, Back, uh, I used to listen to them all the time. So again, thank you, Ben, for for taking the time today to talk to us about feedback. Um, It sounds like a really interesting challenge and uh, you gave us a, a bit of a window into the entrepreneurship world. Really my pleasure, Ian. Thanks so much for having me and for any listeners out there who want to reach out or have any questions about
2: entrepreneurship or anything in between. Uh, Yeah, ben at feedbackapp.ca. Feel free to send me a quick note and I'll I'll be happy to chat. I love it. Thanks again, Ben.
0: This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at
1: podcasts.cfrc.ca.